Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to the Hebraic Heritage Ministries Yeshiva Discipleship Program. In this teaching, we're going to be sharing with you the Jewish view of the Godhead. And in doing so, we're going to be explaining to you that the God of Israel is seen as being Ein Sof, which means in Hebrew, without definition. And the God of Israel, who is without definition, Ein Sof, he's also associated with being light. And so the question becomes, how does one who is without limitation, who is eternal light, how does he manifest himself and reveal himself in a physical world? And so the way this is explained is Ain Sof, which is without definition, when Ever we try to describe one who is without definition into a physical world, we give him names or attributes. And by definition, a name or an attribute is a limitation. It is not the same as Ein Sof without definition, but it's a way of giving you a perspective and an understanding of who the God of Israel is. And so the explanation is that Ein Sof, the eternal light, how he manifests himself to a physical world is his light goes through a prism. And on the other side of the prism is the manifestation of his attributes. And so the Jewish people call the attributes of Ein Sof, the one who is without definition, the one who is eternal light, they call that the Sephirot, or it's their description of the Godhead. And they see that there are 10 Sephirot, or major attributes, to describe the Godhead. And this Godhead has attributes that we can associate with being father, mother, and son. So, therefore, the Godhead can be seen as three pillars. One pillar is identified with father. Another pillar is identified with attributes of mother. And then the middle pillar is identified with the attribute of son. So a term for this middle pillar is the son of God or the son of Yahweh. And the attributes, if you line them up according to their pillars, the middle pillar or the son of Yah has a numerical value in Hebrew of 26. And 26 is the numerical value of yod Hey vav Hey, the name that we associate and give to the God of Israel. And so in defining and explaining the middle pillar of the Godhead, the son of God, the Jewish people have another term 
that they refer to the Son of God. And this term is Metatron. And what we're going to see in this study is in explaining the Jewish view of the Godhead, what they describe and explain regarding the middle pillar, the Son of God, Metatron, the attributes of that middle pillar is consistent with the New Testament description of Yeshua. So that is what we're going to be covering in this teaching on the Jewish view of the Godhead. So let's begin. First of all, we need to see that the God of Israel is seen as being in the term for him in Hebrew is Ain Sof. And in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 18, it says, To whom then will we liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? For in the beginning, before shape and form had been created, he was without form or similitude. Wherefore, he designates himself as without definition, Ain Sof. He has neither shape nor form, and there is no vessel that could contain him, and no means to comprehend him. So this explanation of the God of Israel being without definition, Ain Sof, based upon the commentary of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 18, which says, To whom then will we liken God, or what likeness will you compare unto him? This explanation is given to us in the Sanchino Zohar, which is a Jewish explanation of the weekly Torah portion at the sowed level of interpretation of the Torah. In the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, we have the definition of Ein Sof. And Ein Sof is understood as the deity or the God of Israel prior to his self-manifestation in the physical world. Ein Sof may be translated as no end, unending, there is no end, or infinite, or limitless. In the book, Messiah, Volume 3 by Avi Ben Mordecai on page 107. He shows us that taking the Hebrew word Ein Sof and the gematria of Ein Sof comes out to 207. So in gematria, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value. So we take the letters that make up Ein Sof and it comes to a numerical value of 207. And 207 is also the same numerical value of the Hebrew word for light, which is or. So therefore, there is an equivalence in the Hebrew of Ein Sof with light. In 1 John, in chapter 1, verse 5, God the Father is described as being light, as it is written. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness 
at all. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, it explains that God the Father dwells in eternal light that no man can approach, as it is written, who only has immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. In the book of John, in describing the God of Israel, it tells us that no one has seen the Father at any time. So the Jewish way of seeing this is no one has seen Ain Sof. John chapter 1, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. John chapter 5, verse 37. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. John chapter 6, verse 46. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No man has seen God at any time. In the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, quoting from Jewish sources, is the explanation that when you gave a name or an attribute to something, the name or the attribute becomes a limitation in fully describing the thing that you are attempting to explain. In this case, we want to explain to a physical world the concept of the God of Israel in his infinity or without definition. Judah Hayat, in his commentary, Minhat Yehuda on Meraket Alahat, gives the following explanation of the term Ain Sof. Any name of God which is found in the Bible cannot be applied to the deity prior to his self-manifestation in the creation. Moreover, a name implies a limitation in its bearer, and this is impossible in connection with Ein Sof. Now, in creation, Ein Sof is revealed with the name of Elohim. And this is explained in Messiah, Volume 3, by Avi ben Mordecai on page 104. So therefore, in Genesis chapter 1, 1, it is written, In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now, in explaining Ein Sof, who is light, and how he then manifests himself in a physical world, that he creates, it is like a light going through a prism. And on the other side of the prism, we have manifestations of that light. And so the Jewish view of explaining the eternal and infinite God of Israel or Ain Sof is he is light and the name that they give to the light on the other side of the prism is Sephirot. And Sephirah 
means a filter. This is explained in Messiah, volume 3 by Avi ben Mordecai on page 146. In the book, The Middle Pillar of the Godhead by James Trim on page 20, he quotes Jewish sources where they see that there are 10 sephirot. And this comes from Sefer Yetzera 1.4. So sephirot is plural. Sephirah is singular. What is a sephirah? A sephirah is in a way a filter that holds and transforms a certain part of this light into a particular force or attribute. A sephirah is the way the creator reveals a part, an attribute, or a quality of his will in the creation. The light divides into ten different graduations of its original emanation, each with its own qualities, characteristics, and actions. So in looking at the ten sephirot, which is the explanation of the manifestation of the attributes of Ain Sof in a physical world, it is seen that there are three upper sephirot. And this is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 21. And so the three upper sephirot have the names of Da'at, which is knowledge, Hakmah, which is wisdom, and Bina, which is understanding. The names of these three upper sephirot comes from Exodus in chapter 31 in verse 3, which says, And I have filled him with the spirit of Elohim in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. We also see these names of the three upper sephirot from Proverbs in chapter 24 in verses 3 and 4, as it is written. With wisdom, a house is built. With understanding, it is established. And with knowledge, its rooms are filled. Then we have the seven lower sephirot. And they have the names of Gadula, greatness. Gavora, power or strength. Tepharet, which means glory or beauty. Netzach, victory or splendor. Hod, which means majesty. Kol, which means all. It's also called Yesod, or the foundation. And then Malchut, the kingdom, or kingship. And this is explained in the book, The Middle Pillar, by James Trim, on page 21. The seven lower sephirot comes from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and verse 11, where it says, Yours, O Yahweh, is the greatness, the power, the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Yahweh, and you are exalted as head above all. This is explained in the book by James Trim, The Middle Pillar, pages 20 and 21. These ten sephirot are associated and referred to as the tree of life. The ten sephirot are arranged on a chart and it's known as the tree of life. And 
it is shown in three columns and these three columns are known as the three pillars of the Godhead. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 23. Now, these three pillars of the Godhead, the three pillars being an explanation of the ten Sephirot, they have and are given attributes of father, mother, and son. And the masculine aspect of the Godhead is often called father. The feminine aspect of the Godhead is called mother or Ruach. And the pillar between father and mother, the middle pillar, is called the son of God. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 29. And so, drawing a chart of the ten Sephirot and putting the association of the attributes of the Sephirot under father, son, and mother, the attributes that fall in the category of the middle pillar or the son are attributes one, six, nine, and ten. The attributes of the father are three, five, and eight. And the Sephardic attributes of the mother are attributes two, four, and seven. This is explained in the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on pages 22 and 23. And so there, if we look at these attributes and their association with father, mother, and son, there's a reference in the Hebrew scriptures to the attribute of the God of Israel as father in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 9, Malachi chapter 1, verse 9, Isaiah chapter 63, verse 16, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. The attribute of mother is mentioned in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. And the attribute of son is mentioned in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4, and Psalm chapter 2, verse 2, verse 7, and verse 12. So let's look at these scriptures that we just mentioned, which associate these attributes to Father. Isaiah in chapter 63, verse 16 it is written, you, O Yahweh, are our father, our redeemer from everlasting is your name. And so these things are explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 38. In the same book, on page 38, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7. But now, O Yahweh, you are our father. Same book, same page, Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. If then I be a father, where is my honor, says Yahweh of hosts. Now the attributes of mother and their scripture references. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I, Yahweh, comfort you. In the book, The Middle Pillar of the Godhead by James Trim, page 38. The feminine attributes of mother is also called the Holy Spirit, or in Hebrew, the Ruach HaKodesh. And 
the description of the Holy Spirit is one of comforter. And so it's from this in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, where Yeshua said, I will ask my father and he will give you another comforter that will be with you forever. The comforter, which is the spirit of truth. Continuing on, the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit or the Ruach HaKodesh, whom my father will send in my name. Yeshua in John chapter 14 in verse 27. In John chapter 15, verse 26, Yeshua said, When the comforter comes, whom I will send from my father, the spirit of truth, who has proceeded from my father. So the Holy Spirit has female attributes of caring, nurturing, comforting. Yeshua said in John chapter 16, verse 7, I will send the comforter, that is the Holy Spirit, to you. And these things are mentioned in the middle pillar by James Trim, page 39. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Elohim, rested upon Yeshua at his immersion, or his mikvah, or his baptism. We can see this in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Mark chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, and John chapter 1, verse 33, which says, Behold, the Spirit of Elohim descending from the heavens and rested upon him. These things are further explained by James Trim in the Middle Pillar book, page 39, that it was the spirit of Yahweh that rest upon the Messiah. In Isaiah, in chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, it is written, And the spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, hakmah in Hebrew, and understanding, bina in Hebrew, the spirit of counsel, atzah in Hebrew, and power, gavorah, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear, Yerah, of Yahweh. But with righteousness shall he judge. The Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, is referred to as being Yahweh, explained in the book by James Trim, the middle pillar, page 42. There can be no doubt that the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, is Yahweh when we make the following comparisons of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 14 says, The spirit of Yahweh caused them to rest, so did you lead your people. In the Torah, in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 11, it is written, Yahweh alone did lead them, and there was no strange God with him. And so, we see in Deuteronomy that Yahweh is leading his people, but in Isaiah chapter 63 verse 14, we're told... It was the spirit of Yahweh. So the spirit of Yahweh is being associated with being Yahweh. We can also see this truth and how it is so, as explained by James Trim in the book, The Middle Pillar, on page 43, quoting now from Exodus chapter 34, verse 34. When Moses went in before Yahweh, 
that he might speak with him. He took the veil off until he came out. And then Paul is making a reference to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, as it is written. But when any man from them should turn to Yahweh, the veil is lifted from him. Now Yahweh himself is spirit, and where the spirit of Yahweh is, there is freedom. But all of us with open faces behold the magnificence of Yahweh as in a mirror, and we are being changed into that likeness from glory to glory as by Yahweh the Spirit. Now, when we look at the spiritual attributes of the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, from the book, and as explained by James Trim in the middle pillar on page 43, the Holy Spirit is described in the following way. The Holy Spirit speaks, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, Acts chapter 10, verse 19, John chapter 15, verse 26, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. The Holy Spirit is said to have emotions, Isaiah chapter 63, verse 10, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, and can be insulted, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, and intercedes for us, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, testifies on our behalf, John chapter 14, verse 26, leads us, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, commissions us, Acts chapter 13, verse 4, commands us, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, and wills, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, and gives understanding, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And so these are the attributes of the description of the Holy Spirit who is associated with Yahweh. In the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on page 44, he explains how the attributes of Ain Sof is likened unto a son. Just as there is a father aspect of the Godhead and a mother aspect of the Godhead, there is also a son aspect of the Godhead as we read in the Hebrew scriptures. Now we quote from Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 4. Who has ascended up into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name, if you know? Now, we can see the association in the reference to son in Psalm chapter 2, verse 2, verse 7, and verse 12, as it is written. The kings of the earth stand up, and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh and against his anointed, or his Messiah. I will tell of the decree Yahweh said to me, you are my son. This day have I begotten you. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 44. Now we're going to look at the Zohar, volume 3, page 307, Amsterdam edition, as referenced in the book. The Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, and this was put out in 1863. In the Zohar, I found the following instruction 
regarding the words kiss the sun from Psalm chapter 2. Rabbi Simeon ben Johai proves from Isaiah chapter 19 verse 1 that Jehovah or Yahweh spoken of there as riding upon a swift cloud to execute judgment upon Egypt is no other than the son of God that is also spoken of in Psalm chapter 2 verse 12 which says kiss the son. So here in this explanation the son of God is being linked and associated with Yahweh himself. In the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on page 44, he explains in the Jewish understanding, quoting from the Zohar, that the term for the middle pillar of the Godhead is the son of God. And from the Zohar 2, 115, it is written, Better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. This neighbor is the middle pillar of the Godhead, which is the son of Yah or the son of God. So the son of God, the middle pillar of the Godhead also has the term or the title of Metatron. In the commentary of Rabbi Moses Batarali on the book of creation, I read these words. The Kabbalists call the second Sephira, or the middle pillar of the Godhead, Metatron, or the keeper, or the guardian of Israel, which is an inferior name to his name being the son of God. This is explained by Rabbi Zavi Nasi in his book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, published in 1863. Now, taking this Jewish understanding and explanation of the Godhead in the middle pillar being the Son of God, the New Testament then explains how and uses the term to describe Yeshua as being the Son of God. John chapter 9, verses 35 through 37, it is written, Yeshua heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, do you believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Yeshua said unto him, You have both seen him, and it is he that talks with you. So Yeshua referred to himself as the Son of God. In the Jewish understanding, this is the middle pillar of the Godhead, and it is Yahweh. In John chapter 20, verse 31, it is written, But these things are written that you might believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, is Mashiach, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now, in describing the Godhead, it is linked or associated with a tree of life which is likened to a man. So in the book by James Trim, The Middle Pillar, on pages 22 and 23, he reminds us of laying out the Jewish view of the Godhead in three columns or three pillars, and then certain attributes, that being attributes 3, 5, and 8, are associated with Father. 
The son attributes are 1, 6, 9, and 10. The mother attributes are 2, 4, and 7. In the book by James Trim, The Middle Pillar, page 59, the God of Israel is seen, are represented as Adam Kadmon. And Adam Kadmon means before Adam. And this refers to the image of Elohim after which we are created. So the ten sephirot as Adam Kadmon is a representation of the image of Elohim. And here I have a picture for you of the ten sephirot that are likened unto a man. In the book, Anticipating the Redemption, volume 1 on page 44, written by Rebbe Menachem Schneerson, he makes reference to Numbers chapter 19, verse 14, which says, this is the Torah, and it goes on to say, a man. And he says in his commentary to the verse that the Torah resembles or is likened to a man. Then in the art scroll of Genesis, in the introduction on page 43, in explaining creation, the Jewish view is that in creation, the Torah, which has always existed and existed before the creation of the world, that in creation, the Torah became physical. The explanation is, with the event of creation, the Torah assumed physical garb just as the soul clothes itself in a human body to assume earthly life. And so this is how John, the beloved disciple of Yeshua, starts by writing his epistle. John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. In describing Yeshua, he explains it according to this Jewish view of creation in the Godhead. He says, in the beginning was the word, or the word is the Torah. Yeshua being the word or the living Torah. In the beginning was the word or the Torah, and the word was with God, and the word or the Torah was God. And the word or the Torah was made flesh, or it became physical, and we have a created world, or in the context of Yeshua being the word or the living Torah, he became flesh and he dwelt among us. So what John is explaining is a Jewish view of creation and a Jewish view of the Godhead. Now from the book Messiah Volume 3 by Avi Ben Mordecai, on page 139, he has a picture of the ten sephirot as Adam Kadmon, or like a man. So if we take the name of the God of Israel, Yahweh, which is yod Hey vav Hey, and we write yod Hey vav Hey vertically, the Yod represents the head of a person. And the hay represents the shoulder and the arms, the vav, the trunk of an individual. And then the hay represents the waist and the legs. So yod hay vav hay, written vertically, resembles a man. 
Now, if we take the attributes of the tent sephirot and put them under their category, father being one pillar and the attributes associated with father are three, five, and eight. The attributes associated with mother is another pillar. The attributes are two, four, and seven. But if we take the middle attributes of the son, which are attributes one, six, nine, and 10, if we add up one, six, nine, and 10, we will get 26. And that is the gematria or the numerical value of yod He vav He. So in the Jewish explanation of the Godhead, the middle pillar or the son of God has an equivalence with yod He vav He or Yahweh. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 25. So here I have written out for you yod He vav He in Hebrew and taking each letter in their numerical value. The Yod has a numerical value of 10, the He of 5, and Vav 6 and He 5. So 10 plus 5 plus 6 plus 5 is 26. And that is the same value as the attributes of the Son of God among the 10 Sephirot. So we have the equivalence that the attributes of the Son of God, the middle pillar, has the same numerical value as yod He vav He or Yahweh, which is 26. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 45. Now, in the Jewish perspective, the Jewish understanding, the middle pillar of the Godhead is the invisible image of Ein Sof. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 23. So Paul writes in explaining to us Yeshua in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16 from this Jewish perspective. And so Paul says of Yeshua that he is the image of, of the invisible God, that would be Ein Sof, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, that is the image of the invisible God, which is also associated with Elohim, because Genesis 1.1, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. That's why Paul goes on to say in Colossians 1.16, for by him, that is the image of the invisible God, that is Yeshua, the firstborn of every creature, by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now in Colossians In chapter 2, verses 6 and verse 9, Paul describes Yeshua that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead, the Godhead being the three pillars, that in Yeshua dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and verse 9. As you have therefore received Messiah Yeshua the Lord, So walk in him, 
For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So a term or a title in the Jewish view that they give to the middle pillar of the Godhead, which they call the Son of God, they also refer to the Son of God as being Metatron. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 29. That the middle pillar of the Godhead is known as Metatron, or the Son of God. As it states in the Zohar, in Zohar 3, 227, the middle pillar of the Godhead is Metatron, who has accomplished peace above according to the glorious state there. And Metatron is seen as being Yahweh. As explained in the book Messiah, Volume 3 by Avi ben Mordecai on page 87, in referring to Exodus chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, then he, that is Yahweh, said to Moses, come up to Yahweh. So if we examine what is being said here, the one giving Moses or Moshe the instruction to ascend is Yahweh, but yet he directs him to come up to Yahweh. In the Zohar, Amsterdam edition, page 114, column 1, this passage from Exodus chapter 24, verse 1, reads this way, right to left. Yahweh said to Moshe, come up to Yahweh. This is Metatron. From the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One? by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1868. Three, he explains, Rabbi Baha'i taught me from the Amsterdam edition of the Zohar, page 114, column 1. God said to Moses, come up unto the Lord. This is Metatron. He is called by this name Metatron because in this name are implied two significations which indicates his character. He is Lord and messenger. So the middle pillar of the Godhead, the son of God, is seen as being Metatron, who is Lord or Yahweh. Quoted in the book by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One? Published in 1863 making a reference to the Tikkun Zohar, there is a perfect man who is an angel. This angel is Metatron, the keeper or the guardian of Israel. He is a man in the image of the Holy One, or Ein Sof, blessed be he, who is an emanation from him, from God. Yes, he, or Metatron, is Jehovah, or is Yahweh. Of him cannot be said he is created, formed, or made. But he is the emanation from God. He's the image of the invisible God. So now, in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, Yeshua is referred to as Yahweh, your Elohim. And Yeshua answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship Yahweh your Elohim, and him only 
shall you serve. And so Yeshua here was referring to himself, quoting from the Torah, as being Yahweh Elohim. We can see in the scriptures how Yeshua is regarded as being Yahweh or the God of Israel from John chapter 5 verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God. John chapter 10 verse 33. The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we stone you not, but for blasphemy, and because that you, being a man, make yourself God. John chapter 19, verse 7. The Jews answered him, We have a Torah, and by our Torah he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, it is written, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, it is written, But under the sun, he says, Thy throne, O God, quoting from Psalms, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So Titus chapter 2, verse 13, Yeshua is called God or Yahweh. And in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, the son, quoting from Psalms, is called God or Yahweh. Now, Revelation in chapter 21, verses 6 and 7, it is written, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, or in Hebrew, the Aleph and the Tav, the first and the last letter of the alphabet, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. We can see that Yeshua is Yahweh from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Yeshua accursed, and that no man can say that Yeshua is Lord, or Yeshua is Yahweh, but by the Holy Spirit. Then in Philippians, in chapter 2, verse 11, it is written, and that every tongue should confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord, or Yahweh, to the glory of God the Father. Yeshua is referred to as the I Am, a term or a title for Yahweh, or the God of Israel. John chapter 8, verse 24. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. John chapter 8, verse 58, it is written. Yeshua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Paul explains from the Hebrew scriptures that our salvation comes from believing or trusting in the Lord or Yahweh or Yeshua, the Messiah, who is Yahweh. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, Yeshua says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, or in Hebrew, the Aleph and the Tav, the first and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The beginning and the ending says Yahweh, says the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. So Yeshua was connecting himself being Alpha and Omega or Aleph and Tav to being the Almighty. And the Almighty in Hebrew is El Shaddai, who is Yahweh. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, it is written, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So that which was and is and is to come is the definition of Yahweh, which means to be eternally existent. He is. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 39, it is written, Know, therefore this day, and consider it in your heart, that Yahweh, he is Elohim. Yahweh is Elohim. In the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863, he explains that Metatron is the Son of God, or the middle pillar of the Godhead, or the image of the invisible God, and he is Yahweh from eternity. I took up the second psalm, which speaks of no other than Metatron, the Son of God. Consider Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 and verse 12. I will declare the decree. Yahweh has said unto me, you are my son. This day have I begotten you. Kiss the son. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. I first searched out the matter in which the word yom or yomay this day is used by the sacred writers and found that it sometimes expresses eternity as in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 10 yea before the day was I am he that is from eternity as Jonathan Ben Uziel translates in his Targum I am also from eternity thus is Yome this day used in the second psalm in the sense of Day of eternity, so that he is here called by God the Son, he must be from eternity. In John chapter 17, verse 5, Yeshua prays, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Yeshua was with the Father before the creation of the world. He has been from eternity. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it is written, Yeshua HaMashiach, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Yeshua is the Aleph in the top. He is 
the first and the last. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. And under the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Revelation chapter 22, verse 13. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Yeshua said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, or in Hebrew, the Aleph and the Tav. The beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And then in Revelation 21, verse 6, he said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Now, as explained in Messiah, volume 3, by Avi ben Mordecai on page 87, Metatron is seen as being the lesser Yahweh in the context of communicating authority that the Father is Yahweh, Yeshua is Yahweh, but the Father is greater in authority even though they both are Yahweh. Metatron in the Jewish sources is considered the lesser of two Yahwehs in heaven, that is in authority. From the Zohar Shemot, section 2, page 126a, to Ezekiel, we have from Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 20. Now, which Hayah is here indicated? Rabbi Jose replied in the name of Rabbi Hia that the reference is to the little Haya or Metatron. But is there then such a little Haya? Yes, assuredly there is. There is a little one, there is a little Yahweh in authority and a superior one, a superior Yahweh in authority in describing the relationship between the two. So this is what Yeshua stated, that the father is greater than he, that is greater in authority. John chapter 10, verse 29. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands. John chapter 14, verse 28. You have heard now, I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. In John chapter 5, verse 43, Yeshua explains that he came in his Father's name. Here, making a reference to his Father is greater in authority than him. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him shall you receive. So Metatron is seen or likened unto being the garment of the Father. This is explained in the book Plurality in the Godhead or How Can Three Be One by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863.
3. It follows that if God has revealed himself in the uncreated self-existing word or memra, which is also called the angel or the messenger of the covenant, who is also Metatron, that the Almighty has revealed himself in the keeper or the guardian of Israel. This was also the faith of my ancestors, as I find in Zohar, volume 3, page 231, the following passage. The garment of the Almighty is Metatron. So, the father, who we can liken unto Ain Sof, has revealed himself through the image of the invisible God. That is Yeshua. John chapter 1, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. So that's describing Ain Sof. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. John chapter 14, verse 8, it is written, Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father, and it suffices us. John chapter 14, verse 9, Yeshua said unto Philip, Have I been so long with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. So how do you say then, show us the Father? In the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863, he explains, commenting on Genesis chapter 24, verse 2, which says, Abraham said unto his oldest servant of his house, this is the meaning of the words Abraham said to his servant, meaning to the servant of God. This servant is Metatron, the eldest of God's house. And he is the first begotten of the creatures of God. So Metatron is seen as being the first begotten of God. In Romans Chapter 8, verse 29, Yeshua is described by Paul as being the firstborn of God. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, speaking of Yeshua, that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And this is the description that the Jewish sources say of Metatron, who they also say is the son of God, who is also associated with Yahweh. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 6. Has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. His son, by whom he made the worlds. And again... When he brings in the first begotten into the world, referring to Yeshua, he said, let all the angels of God worship him. We see how Yeshua is described as being the begotten of God. John chapter 1 verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, has declared him. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We see how Yeshua is called the begotten of God. Acts chapter 13, verse 33. 
God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he has raised up Yeshua again, as it is written in Psalm 2, you are my son, this day have I begotten you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might have life through him. In the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863, he explains from Jewish sources, from the book of creation, page 15, versa, the Mantua edition, that Metatron is the teacher of Moses. We Jews believe that Moses was instructed in all divine knowledge by no other than the keeper of Israel. The teacher of our master Moses was Metatron. Well, Yeshua is described to us as being the teacher of Moses. He gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. In Matthew, in chapter 1, verse 21, it is written, And she, referring to Mary, shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name in Hebrew, Yeshua, which means salvation. For he shall save his people from their sins. And then in Luke, in chapter 2, And verse 11, it is written, For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So by understanding and seeing that Yeshua saves his people from their sins, that Yeshua is our Savior, now we look at James chapter 4, verse 12, where the first part of the verse says, there is one lawgiver who is able to save. The one that is able to save is the lawgiver, and it was the one who gave the Torah at Mount Sinai is the teacher of Moses, who in the Jewish sources is called Metatron. In the book, Plurality, In the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863. He explains, in the Targum, Jonathan Ben Uziel, he wrote the Jerusalem paraphrase, in which, in Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verse 17, it is rendered, this day, You have made the word of Yahweh to be king over you, to be your God. And the word of Yahweh shall rule over you, having a right in his own name hereto over a people beloved as his peculiar people, as he has spoken unto you that you should keep all his commandments. So in the Jewish sources, it says, that you're supposed to keep all the commandments of the word of Yahweh. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Yeshua, the word of God, said, If you love me, keep my commandments. John chapter 14, verse 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved to my father, And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. 
1 John chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Metatron is seen in the Jewish sources as being the shepherd of Israel. In the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863, making a reference to the Zohar, volume 3, page 281, Amsterdam edition, quoting and making a reference to Psalm chapter 2, verse 12. God said, faithful shepherd, verily you are my son, kiss the son. So the son that's being referred to in Psalm 212 is also regarded as being the faithful shepherd of Israel. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Yeshua said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Hebrews in chapter 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Yeshua, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood... Of the everlasting covenant. In John chapter 10 verse 7. Yeshua said he's the door of the sheep. Then said Yeshua unto them again. Verily, verily I say unto you. I am the door of the sheep. In the book. Plurality in the Godhead. Or how can three be one. By Rabbi Zavi Nasi. Published in 1863. Making a reference to the Zohar. Volume 2. To Exodus. Page 51. Amsterdam edition. There's an explanation that it is seen in the Jewish sources that there is a heavenly Jerusalem. Come and see, thus says Rabbi Simeon, the Holy One, blessed be he, has prepared for himself a holy temple above in the heavens, a holy city, a city in the heavens. And it is called Jerusalem, the holy city, or the heavenly Jerusalem. And it is seen then, from the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus section 2, page 143a, that Metatron is the one that is over the heavenly tabernacle. And it came to pass that the tabernacle was reared up, the reference being to the other tabernacle, to that which was above, namely the tabernacle of the young man, that is Metatron, referring to the heavenly tabernacle. In the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus section 2, page 164a, Metatron is seen as being the watchman of Israel. The tabernacle which Moses constructed had Joshua for its wakeful and constant guard, for he alone guarded it whom is called the young man, namely Joshua, of whom it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tent, Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. The temple, however, was guarded by the Holy One himself, as it is written, except the Lord guard the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. And who is the watchman? It is the young man, Metatron. Yeshua in the New Testament is referred to as being our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it is written, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Messiah Yeshua. 
Then in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Yeshua, being a high priest, he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 10, called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Yeshua made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 21. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Yeshua then is described as being a high priest or a Melchizedek priest of the heavenly tabernacle or the heavenly sanctuary. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. In the book, Parouti in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863, making a reference to the Zohar, Volume 2, to Exodus, page 51, Amsterdam edition, from Exodus chapter 14, verse 19, the angel of God, or the messenger of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And Metatron is the angel of God or the messenger of God. Continuing in the explanation, Come and see, thus says Rabbi Simeon, the Holy One, blessed be he, has prepared for himself a holy temple above in the heavens, a holy city, a city in the heavens, and called it Jerusalem, the holy city. Every petition sent to the king must be through Metatron. Therefore, Metatron is seen as being the only mediator between Ein Sof, or the God of Israel, and man. In the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863, he explains, Metatron is the mediator of all that comes from heaven down to the earth, or from the earth up to heaven. Whoever will speak to me, says God, shall not be able to do so till he has made it known to Metatron. Now, we have in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Messiah, Yeshua. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. 
And for this cause, he, Yeshua, is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. Into Yeshua, the mediator of the new covenant, into the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Yeshua is our advocate unto the heavenly father. First John chapter two, verse one. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father, Yeshua Messiah, the righteous. Yeshua makes intercession for us. Romans chapter eight, verse 34. Who is he that condemns? It is Messiah that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22 and verse 25. By so much was Yeshua made a surety of a better testament, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. In the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus section 2 page 8a it is explained that the abode of Messiah is paradise. The Messiah whose abode is in paradise. Yeshua sits on the throne of his father. Matthew chapter 25 verse 31. When the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 it is written. But under the sun he says. Thy throne O God is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. In the Sanchino Zohar. Two numbers or Bamibar section 3. Page 185b and 186a. It is explained that Metatron pronounces judgment in the heavenly court. Rabbi Hia spoke on the verse and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1. Similarly, Joshua, the high priest, was taken up for trial to that heavenly academy when he departed this world. He was standing before the angel or the messenger of the Lord. This is the youth, that is Metatron, the head of the academy, who pronounces judgment or sentence on all. We are told in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, that there is a heavenly court. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Messiah, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Yeshua is described as being the judge of the quick and the dead. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Yeshua Messiah, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. In the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One, by Rabbi Zavi Nasi, published in 1863, making a reference to the Zohar, page 114, column 1, Amsterdam edition. Rabbi Baha'i taught me, God said to Moses, 
Come up unto the Lord. This is Metatron. He is called by this name Metatron because in this name are implied two significations, which indicates his character, and he is Lord and messenger. Metatron has power and might over all things. He's Lord. From the signification of his name, we learn that he is Lord over all, which is below, because all the hosts of heaven and all things upon the earth are put under his power and might. Now, it is explained regarding Yeshua in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, that he is the prince of the kings of the earth. And from Yeshua Messiah, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, we're told that Yeshua is the head of the kehilat, the congregation. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Messiah is the head of the congregation. And he is the savior of the body. Metatron is the king of Israel. From the book, Plurality in the Godhead, or How Can Three Be One? by Rabbi Zavinasi, Nasi, published in 1863, making a reference to the Zohar, volume 3, page 281, Amsterdam edition. He writes or explains, Kiss the sun, from Psalm chapter 2, verse 12. All of you arise and kiss him and receive him as your Lord and King. So Metatron is seen as being the King of Israel. Well, Yeshua is the King of Israel. John chapter 1, verse 49. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Yeshua is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now, Revelation chapter 19, verse 16. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, king of kings and Lord of lords. So in this teaching, we shared with you on the subject of the Jewish view of the Godhead. And in doing so, we saw that the Jewish sources see the God of Israel before creation, that he doesn't have definition. And so the term in Hebrew that describes him being limitless, infinite, without definition, is Ein Sof, without definition. And Ein Sof in Hebrew has a numerical value of 207. So we take the letters of Ein Sof, each letter has a numerical value, it comes out to 207. And 207 is also the numerical value of the Hebrew word or, which means light. So there's an equivalence in the Hebrew through the gematria of Ein Sof with light. And the God of Israel is described as being he is light. And so then how does Ein Sof, the one without definition, who is eternal light, 
How does he reveal himself in his creation to a finite world? So the explanation is the eternal light, in effect, goes through a prism and there's emanations and reflections of that light, manifestations of that light, emanations of that light once it goes through this prism. And the emanations of Ain Sos light going through this prism, the Jewish sources refer to this as sephirot, and they see that there are 10 sephirot. And so this sephirot makes up the characteristics of Ain Sof. And so the sephirot then becomes a description of the Godhead. Now, this Godhead has characteristics that are associated with father, mother, and son. And so these 10 sephirot, when we take their attributes and align them up with the attributes of father, mother, and son, the son is seen as being the middle pillar of the Godhead. And the middle pillar of the Godhead is called the Son of God. And another term for the middle pillar of the Godhead or the Son of God in the Jewish sources is Metatron. And Metatron is seen as being Yahweh himself. So Metatron has different responsibilities, has different manifestations. Metatron has different characteristics. And so when we compare what is said in the Jewish sources about the Godhead, about the Son of God, about Metatron, and the characteristics of Metatron in his roles, we see that the New Testament gives the same description of Yeshua. The New Testament gives the same description of God the Father in the context of Ain Sof. So we can see that the Jewish sources connect and associate with the New Testament writers and how they explained the Father and how they explained Yeshua and even as Yeshua gave testimony of himself. So in this, we can see that it is completely consistent with the historical explanation of Ein Sof in the Godhead from ancient Jewish sources that the Son of God is Yahweh, And we can see, therefore, that it is consistent what Paul wrote regarding Yeshua, that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So looking at the Godhead from a Jewish perspective, we can see how Yeshua is the Messiah, how Yeshua is associated with the description that the Jewish sources give of Metatron. 
that Yeshua is Yahweh. Yeshua is the Son of God. And so, therefore, when we look at the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's describing a unity of the Godhead. So, in coming to the conclusion that Yeshua is Yahweh, it's consistent with the ancient Jewish understanding of the Godhead and their description of it. Now, remember always these words from 1 John chapter 2 in verse 6. He who says he abides in him, he who says that he believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, ought himself to walk, that means to live our lives, even as he walked. And how did Yeshua walk? How did he live his life? He kept the commandments of his father. Even so, he commanded his followers in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.